What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Face of the Heel podcast. Paul and I just got done watching Clash of Champions, so we wanted to talk about what we thought. So, uh, what were your thoughts of the pay per view? That was a good pay per view. Um, it, it kind of it was like a U shaped curve for me. Like it, it started out super high and it kind of like dipped valid, then it ended back up on an, uh, another high note. So, dude, we were like Eiffel Tower high and then crashed like ground level. <laughs> I wouldn't say crashed. Like that's a that's kind of like yeah, a, I guess a not a crash. It. It's just there's a lot of like matches in this pay per view that maybe outside of a lot of like productions and creative decisions power, but there's a lot of rematches. We've seen a lot of these matches that were kind of in that little dip in the middle of the card. We've seen these how many times again and again. Yep. And that really takes away from the enjoyment of it, and especially like when they go seven minutes of just predictable average sort of wrestling it just makes for you know average viewing but i mean if you want to go in order we can start with like what was what i thought would be like entertainment wise definitely the best match on the card maybe match of the year well, i also think what got weird is going into this if somehow people did not know wwe told in the beginning of the day uh nikki cross got pulled for some medical reason mm-hmm. where all assuming it's probably COVID related, but they did not give an official statement. And then the women's tag match was pulled, which they said they'll address tomorrow on Raw. So that one, uh, it I guess could go either way. Maybe someone did get hurt, but uh, unfortunately, it might be COVID related. So hopefully not. I'm just going to hope someone twisted their ankle because I feel like that's nicer to wish upon someone than you got COVID. <laughs> we'll see what happens. So it was supposed to be Selena and. Asuka on the kickoff. Instead, they moved it all around, got things weird. The SmackDown title match was okay. I think that was good for a kickoff because it got us kind of ready for the insan- the insanity that was the kickoff to the main card. Yeah, like Lucha House Party's involved. I love watching Lucha House Party. I like watching Cesaro. Can't talk right now. Yeah, Cesaro and Shinsuke were amazing, but I don't know. The match seemed fine. It seemed like a good Friday night SmackDown match. Maybe not a pay per view match. To be honest with you, a lot of the matches that I think we see on pay per view are like glorified Raw and SmackDown. Probably. Matches. So I mean, yeah, it was but it was a, it was it was what it was. Like talking about repeating, I feel like going forward they might face each other again. So I do like the idea of demolish, I guess, disbanding either the Raw or SmackDown tag titles and having one division across all brands. Not I happen. think that would be good. No, it's not going to happen at all. But I think if they took the same step as the uh, women's tag belts, I think it'd be better. Like, there's what four tag teams on each show, like. We're going to just get rematch after rematch. If I could get Viking Raiders when they're healthy versus Shinsuke and Cesaro, that would be a brutal, hard-hitting match. Yeah, the problem is Ivar's out for like a year. Oh, did they say that long? Uh, so it was some ridiculous. Oh, man, that just broke my heart. Moving on, though, because yeah. we have something awesome to talk oh, about. Oh, the hotness. Yeah, they this, hotness. this pay-per-view came out guns a-blazing. I felt and, bad for the rest of the pay-per-view. Well, there's no way... There were like only two matches that could have gone toe to toe with this match. I think one of them did. Um, the match between AJ, Jeff Hardy, and Sami Zayn was freaking phenomenal. I wonder if that wasn't supposed to go as long as it did, but they were like, hey, can you guys add on an extra 10, 15 minutes because we had to cut a match? I think you could be 100% right. And the, I the feel viewers, bad for Jeff. <laughs> the viewers and the fans are rewarded. And we're the ones who get to benefit from that decision because, like, what an incredibly, like, innovative and interesting ladder match. Some of the spots they did were either, like, we said it while we were watching. They were either so good, we couldn't tell if they were, like, a botch or a mistake. Botch is a wrong word, but 
they were so good we couldn't tell if that's how they planned the, the spot to go. Or some of the spots kind of went a little haywire, and they were able to adapt like immediately on the fly, and roll yeah, like it. instantly, and make it work. Like there were a couple times I legitimately thought like Jeff or Sammy was like seriously injured, but they were still going. Like, I, like I don't know if they all planned that, and like it somehow all just worked perfectly, or if it just it happened to go like lucky for them. Like, like there was the one time AJ and Jeff were on the ladder, and Sammy was like. Uh, in the corner on the ground and they fell over and the ladder perfectly hit the top rope and not Sammy, which moments (laughs) moments before you do see AJ, what looks like repositioning the ladder. So I'm assuming it was planned, but it's one of those things. Like if you just misjudge that timing, like that ladder could have literally come right down on Sammy Zane's head instead of the top turnbuckle and then bouncing back. And then he can like stop it. Cause yeah, the momentum from it falling from the top of the turnbuckle to him, it won't hurt at all. Like he could swat that away, but upright straight on his head, like that, that could have been bad. Well, what was bad was Jeff Hardy, Sami Zayn trying to push the ladder over and Jeff crawling oh. the opposite way down the ladder. Yeah, and just he was having... like slithering down towards Sammy yeah. as Sammy was lifting it up towards a turnbuckle. Yeah. And it looked like, you know, they were going to do a weird, the turnbuckle or the ladder landed on the top of the turnbuckle. And Jeff was just going to like, maybe run across the ladder and kick Sammy in the face. But I think the ladder like seesawed to the left and Jeff and the ladder went over the top rope and it, that looked like a bad spill. Like it looked like Jeff instinctively was able to save himself, but that could have gone all wrong. Like you had ropes, the ring apron and the ladder, like he could have really injured himself there. And I really don't think that was, it might've been, which if it was, yeah, Jeff is just the greatest. No, that's the one that, that I don't think that was planned at all. I think that that, like, Jeff got very, very yeah. lucky. He I think it gotten... looked like the ladder might have hit him in the neck. Yeah. But I think he got super lucky. The one spot that was reminiscent of Jeff Hardy on Cesaro at WrestleMania 33. I they, can't believe they, they redid that. Well, they recreated it here where Sami Zayn took it. But that, for the most high-risk spot, that went textbook. That was that did. That was perfect. And that was incredible. Like, if there's anyone that you're like, hey, go on this ladder and do this move perfectly – yeah, I'm probably going to pick Jeff Hardy every time because I bet you 99 out of 100 times he is going to nail it. But the thud that made, oh, that was worse than when he did it on Cesaro. That's what made it so great. Oh, my God. Dude, I was like, yo, Sammy died and came back to life in that single hit. Like, that was intense, dude. The Like, AJ definitely took some shots, but nothing compared to Sammy and Jeff. Like, dude, my. Sammy's back five minutes into the match. It was horrid look i felt bad i was like damn dude you guys better be getting some serious paydays for this yeah but to top it all off though the the result was the correct result i think where Sami Zayn climbed the ladder got both the titles he as he put it is still yeah the intercontinental. they tried to say new and he interrupted them <laughs> said no still and he did that perfectly i think a couple times tonight something actually happened in a match that i think was almost maybe a first or it hasn't happened in so long people can't remember like towards the end of that match, Sami Zayn was like, "I'm gonna handcuff these people." So he handcuffs a lot. Yeah, right. Jeff's we, yeah, we had to talk about that. That was Jeff's great. Ear, I was like, "Oh, okay, he's gonna tie it to his hand, and Jeff has to carry it." Why is he looking at his ear? Oh my god, it's in his earlobe, and it's like, like we haven't seen anyone do anything with Jeff's ears since the weird Randy, like when he was getting sadistic and like yeah, after like extreme rules, yeah, like what, two years ago, yeah, yeah, like and like that was like the only time they did it too, but like handcuffing a ladder to his ear. So then Jeff, I felt bad watching Jeff trying to get in the ring with a ladder attached to him. Like, what, what was great though, was before that 
and you, Sammy handcuffed AJ and wanted to handcuff AJ to the ropes. They eventually they fight and they both wind up on the ladder. So the camera goes around the other side and Sammy pulls out the key, puts or he no he handcuffed himself to yeah, AJ. Yeah, what you don't see is he goes you, to do the ropes. AJ tries to like maybe give him a Styles clash or something, but he's trying to get the offense. And what you don't see is Sammy handcuffing himself to AJ. So AJ power bombs him, style right. clash something, goes to get up the ladder, and all of a sudden he's like, why can't I move? That, what yes. the hell? Sammy's, Sammy's laughing at him. That was great. That but was so great. As Sammy got on the ladder, we you know maybe should have suspected, but Sammy had the key. And yeah, Sammy, like Sammy is able to uncuff himself, cuff the, the one that was on his wrist to the ladder, AJ stuck and Sammy could just climb right up as Jeff's lugging a ladder in his ear <laughs> yeah. trying to get up Jeff's there. Jeff's trying so, to get in the ring, has a ladder that he has to push in the ring but can't push too far or he'll well, rip his I saw, ear off. I saw somebody on Twitter say something like, it was a very unique match, but it was a very unique ending, but it was good because it was a heel who had an actual like heel strategy that paid off perfectly. So it really just kind of like solidified a heel doing heel things and getting rewarded because his heel thing was successful and it wasn't just like a straight like DQ or just some sort of like yeah. cheap shot. Because so, a lot of times in these matches the heel goes to do the heel thing and it like backfires and like they get hit like, oh the ref is knocked out. I'm gonna use this chair. Oh I got hit with the chair. No, this time it was like, yeah, it went haywire to where he had to handcuff himself. But he was like, well in case that happened, I had the key. And like it and then on top of that he's like after he gets the titles, he's like taunting AJ with the key. <laughs> sets it up on the ladder. AJ goes to get to it. And he swats it out of the ring. Like Sami Zayn is like just so great. Heel face. I love Sami Zayn. I'm just glad that they. In the back of my mind, I always knew, but I'm glad that when they let him, you know, when he decided to come back, they they decided to give him. The, they just let him keep. Out. I guess like it's weird. Like to, I literally said after one, he should start saying, "Yeah, I recaptured it for his resume," because then it's an extra title run. But <laughs> either way, like I am happy they did end up giving it to Sammy because I did say I think Sammy's going to win it, and this is a great way. Up until the kickoff when he like threatened Booker, I was like. Oh my God, Sammy might lose and then fight Booker T all of a sudden. Like yeah. that, was, we'll throw that, that on the way back burner. Maybe that, we'll touch that, that again. That threw me such a curveball that yeah. I was like, "Holy shit, Sammy's gonna lose!" And then he won. Yeah. So I'm happy it wasn't a fake finish. Like one person gets one belt and the other gets another. I would have. I think I would have got up and left. Yeah. No. It, I would have been like, "Oh, first match of the night, and we're ruining it." Okay, I'm gone. No, the match was match was incredible. Match gets an A from A. A. I give it. A, you know, I give it an A plus. And you know, if I WWE love, you it. ever hear this, uh, if you want to take that second Intercontinental Championship belt, have all three of them sign it and put it on your auction site, uh, I would love to bid on that. That it would be name any number. Ralph will pay it. He'll pay okay, double ma- any number. Maybe not made. any number because I am a poor man. Uh, but you know, maybe I, I would. I would throw a pretty penny at that. That'd be a sick belt to have. I signed do. by those three from that title match. Whoo, and then boom. Hey, it's Connor's Cure Month. Donate the proceeds. In. Love it. Let's Love do it. it. Make it in. happen. Yeah, I hate uh, Triple H. I'll be at your office on Monday. I'll talk to you. Uh, and then after, and then it felt bad because we kept saying whoever follows this match cannot be good. Like, it There's could no be a good match, but match. we're just going to be so hyped from the previous match that we're like, uh, okay, which I think they picked the perfect match. Selena versus Oscar. They, they picked a cooldown match yeah. to, for the, everybody to kind of like lower their No one rate. had any, like, no one cared because it was just thrown together this past week. Everyone knew Oscar was going to beat Selena. It, we looked it up. It was less than four minutes. I felt bad because Selena finally gets a singles match and she gets squashed. I, I, mean, I felt bad. That's all I have to say about so, it. All I have to say is that that's not the end of it because Selena attacked Oscar after the match. 
when Asuka extended her hand or something. Which is so. weird because, yeah, she extended the hand, but uh, Selena bowed. And I thought, wow, okay, like she was doing like a Japanese bow instead. I'm like, yo, wow, Selena's like really like going like she just went from this horrible human being that poisoned Montez a month ago to she's like respecting this person in their culture to when Asuka bent over, she kicked the shit out of her. So I was like, all right, never mind. There's the heel turn. Well, not even a heel turn. There's just the heel. So yep. I, I still feel bad for them for only getting, like, Asuka deserved more than a four-minute match. She does. Like, sure. Well, we're going to talk a little later about what happened Oh, yeah. There. She did get a little bit more time. But it was funny because the whole time we were going, man, like, whatever match next, like, it's going to be better than this, but it's still suck on a comparative Intercontinental Championship match. Well, the problem is, though, that the matches, too, that followed, we were still kind of hanging on the we were. of that first match. We were still talking think, about it. What was next? Uh, the Apollo and I think it was Bobby Apollo Lashley. Bobby. We didn't uh, even like really pay attention to Selena and Oscar because we were too busy hyped about the Intercontinental match. Like it was just so I'll be, good. I'll be fair. I didn't really pay much attention to Apollo Crews and Bobby. Lashley. Neither did I. Honestly, just kind of waited because towards the end, I expected like Retribution to do something or like I know something you said, which I think would have been interesting was if Retribution came in the middle of the match, beat the crap out of both of them, and like. Apollo and Ricochet are like kind of forced to go with the hurt business in order to fight retribution. I think that's a fine plot angle. Like it, it kind of gets that one storyline finally over with and like progresses. Cause honestly, hurt business versus retribution. I'm in on it right now. Like yeah, it, her business is like, yo, we're mercenaries. You pay us that money. We'll take care of your problem. Well, it's a, it's another pay-per-view where retribution doesn't show up. And with them getting involved with, like factions that were involved in a match, I feel like it could have been squeezed in there. Uh, keeping Retribution off pay-per-views, like nobody cares about Retribution to begin with, but p- keeping them off pay-per-views, I feel like even further like delegitimizes them as anything that is relevant or should yeah, be Yeah, especially seriously. like once they started finally cutting proper promos, they're like effectively trying to say like uh, they're coming at the people that are here just to collect the paycheck. Y'all are getting overpaid. <laughs> like pretty much calling out all the like big name stars, but yet on the nights where they're going to get the biggest payday, they're not showing up to do anything about it. Like that, that's the part that really threw me off. And I finally expected them to show up like tonight, like to do something. Cause like, Oh, the biggest payday of the month is pay-per-view. Like, so I, I thought that was weird. Uh, especially when they started fighting her business, I really expected them to get involved with Apollo and Bobby. So I, I'm very, I'm very mixed about retribution right now. Like, I was super in on them. They named names and like put five faces to the front. I kind of got iffy about them, but they're kind of starting to pull me back in. And then they skip a pay-per-view. I just, I don't know what they're like. Obviously they're almost, committed to I retribution. I almost wonder if it's, if it's their way of saying, if you want to see retribution, you have to watch raw. Yeah, like I and wouldn't be shocked. Nobody wants to watch retribution. <laughs> I, I think over the next couple of weeks, like especially if people, anyone follow Twitter, I started using a Twitter for this podcast and watching T-Bar, Mace, and Slapjack use Twitter is hilarious because, yep, I I will use their names. I will not say their former wrestling names because they are now Slapjack, Mace, and T-Bar. And, dude, watching them call people out on Twitter is hilarious. If you don't see it, you need to go start looking at Twitter. Dude, like, they don't care. They don't care who you are. They'll call you out and pretty much call you a keyboard warrior for making fun of their names. And I am loving it. I'm really hoping this doesn't turn into Nexus where in a month – they're no more and they suck. I'm hoping they become something, but that's all on Vince. <laughs> Which means see you in NXT in a month, guys. 
But, yeah, I have nothing. Else. I just yeah, don't have anything else to say. I just I hope I, for good things. I'm not invested in it. I know. I think a lot of people aren't invested in it. I think I because don't they have... took off that like two week hiatus, and then we haven't seen them on SmackDown in forever. That like people are kind of starting to lose interest, so they really need to I think do something big tomorrow night to get people back into it. Like just show I up and destroy everyone. Wholeheartedly disagree. I I truly don't think there's anything Retribution can do that will pull people in. I truly don't think there's anything. They beat up everyone, and they only have a 30-minute show tomorrow night. <laughs> ah! Yeah, they announced that Raw is going to two hours. <laughs> if, if Retribution somehow made Raw a two-hour show, then I'd, Paul will love them. I'd be all in on Retribution. That's the only thing they could do that I think could save them. But then they'd become the ultimate faces if they did that. <laughs> because they just save everybody. <laughs> no, there would be a lot of people that would be like, I hate you, I love three hours of Raw. Which yeah, I admit, 2% of wrestling fans I, say I, I like it. The t- no. It's just the issue is they do the same thing every week. Wrestling does not – this. okay, we're going off a tangent a little bit. <laughs> wrestling does not need to go to 11 p.m. on a Monday night. Never, ever, ever, What am ever, I supposed to ever, watch from 8 to ever. 11 at work? Adult Swim. I don't know. No. WWE Raw. There is nothing else – like 8 to 10 is perfectly fine. I just don't – like Is how long has their third hour been the lowest viewed hour? It's been years, I think, that their third hour is their lowest viewed hour. Yeah. They, their third hour, I think, like hit a record low in raw viewership in history. Like it's not just because the product is met. It's because it's like, Oh, it's 10 15. I have worked at 7. AM in the morning. I'm exhausted. These storylines aren't good. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I want to go to bed. It's 10 Oh nine. I don't care about raw underground. I have work in the morning. I'm tired. We don't need raw to go to 11. Vince. What, what if we switched it to Friday? We put SmackDown two hours on Monday, raw three hours on Friday. How about this? We just do one hour every day of the week. <laughs> I'd be fine with that. So that, uh, that'd be weird and horrible. On. Raw is three hours. SmackDown's two hours. NXT is two hours. We can Ooh. literally do an hour every day of the week for each show. <laughs> in. I'm Let's in. do it. I'll I take s- an hour every day. But it's from it, but it's from but it's from noon to one in the afternoon. <laughs> what are they recording in Saudi? <laughs> it's just you know what? <laughs> I don't know what that meant. It was a bad joke. I laughed. That's all that matters. Well, because whenever they do the Saudi pay per views, it's at like no. This is Eastern oh. Standard Time. Noon to 1 p.m. Eastern time. So it's 9 a.m. in Western in the West. Oh, God, that'd be horrible. You know, I was in on the one-hour idea, and now I'm off. I I jumped off that train. It started going. You said something, and, you know, I dove before it would hurt jumping off. Raw two hours. Make it happen. Well, that'll be a different conversation. Uh, So after Bobby and Apollo's whatever match, we got unfortunateness, which was Street Profits and Angel and Andrade, which I firmly okay. believed Angel and Andrade were winning the titles. They had their first matching uniform ever. I gotta say something first because I want to clear the air. I've been I shit a lot on tag team wrestling. I yeah, you think do. it's because we've talked about it. There aren't that many tag team wrestlers. There there aren't that many tag teams to begin with. They don't get pushed. They don't get much of the spotlight. And especially now, we're seeing the same 18,000 matches over and over again. I realized in this match, like, I really like Angel Garza. But I also really like watching Montez Ford. And I think Montez Ford has athleticism that nobody else has. Yep. But, again, I don't want to watch Angel Garza and Andrade and the Street Profits. I swear to God, I think it's, I'm not joking, it's the 408th time, I think, in a month. It might be the 413th. In, the, in a month. Yeah. I, those are not exaggerated numbers in the slightest. <laughs> Definitely more than four. If there were house shows, that would be doubled. Yes. <laughs> so it, I know you, you can talk about the match. I just want to clear the air. Like that's, I think that's, it's almost like a, 
like what's the word? It's just it's like jet lag almost. Or like people yeah, are just like they watch that's it what, in a trance. I think it would be a, a great idea with their current situation with tag teams. You know, Viking Raiders are out, Usos are out, New Day is out. Like taking away one of the tag titles, you have Street Profits and Shinsuke Nakamura and Cesaro at the next pay per view fight each other to unify the titles, which they've done in the past. That's how we got the bronze and black belt. They fused the two tag belts from the shows because they were fusing the two shows effectively. But you just have whoever's the champ go across brands. You can keep them away from NXT. And because then we could get Lucha House Party versus Angel and Andrade. That would be a great I, match. I, just, I don't think it's going to happen because it's I, not. That's it's a, a sad part. I feel like it, but it's a permanent solution to a temporary problem or, and or a permanent solution to a problem that could be fixed once people come back or they take the writing more seriously. But I think it also like even if more came back, like you can only have so many tag teams. So because the, the second part of making tag teams more serious and taking them more seriously on creative's end is the solution. Yeah, a hundred percent. But I still think it'd be fair to have like say four or five tag teams a show, keeping it at that, and then like cross branding the title. I think the issue was they were getting up to like eight or nine tag teams and using three. Like, how long did Primo and Cologne be under contract and they didn't even know they were under contract? You, know, you actually raise a good point there. Like we say we need more tag teams, but then again, how many tag teams is too many to the point where we don't see all of them? Yeah. And I think we did have that problem with like the Good Brothers, the Ascension. Uh, just and the look at how many people that. had to go because they weren't using them. But again, though, that's partly because we have to see the same rematch. There's match after rematch after rematch, and again tomorrow on Raw, a squad a rematch between like a rubber match. It's like, yeah, well, we don't need to see that. So there's, so I, I feel like that's a good way to kind of fix their own situation. They build up the rosters. Like both singles and tag with great talent, but then they misuse other ones that they keep using the same ones. So why not just nip both in the butt? You lower your roster and you start rotating more. Like you don't need to buy everyone in the wrestling business just so other companies can't have them. Like you don't need to be that jerk anymore. Just acknowledge other companies, let them exist. It's fine. Who cares? Like, honestly, I saw one, uh, Keith, Heath Slater, I was about to say Keith Slater, actually pitched to creative, hey, during my free agent stick, what if we really portray this and I go wrestle at other companies? Like, let's really push the free agent thing. They were hard against that. Whereas TNA, I think, is actually okay with it. Like, they're like, oh, that's actually kind of interesting. Like, it, you don't need to not acknowledge these other people. They're on different nights. You're not even really competing with them. Like, it, it's fine. You don't need to hold a million talents overfill your roster and then not use some of them and then give us the same four people. So lower your roster, get a better rotation. Boom. Well, the, the only thing I can think of with that is these, these smaller indie promotions. When a guy goes from one indie promotion to another, that's like, that's, that's what's the word. That's a good promotion. That's good publicity. Yeah. For the publicity. One. So when Heath Slater's like, I'm with impact, but he goes to ring of honor. People are like, Oh, this is cool. But then people, Oh, but he's from impact. So you're kind of like, oh, maybe I'll watch Impact, see what he does there. Whereas if that's where to happen to WWE, people would be like, well, that's weird. What is WWE like? Are they losing guys? Can they not retain? It's like a downgrade almost. When you're the pinnacle of an industry, you don't need to acknowledge other companies. I wish they would, but from a pure business and corporate standpoint, there has to be an understanding as to why WWE doesn't do this. They make the most money. They don't need, like, they don't gain anything. From sending somebody else over to another company 100%. that's below them, and I don't mean that in like a derogatory way, but that's a below them. 
It doesn't. What does WWE gain from that? No, I, I think the it. only thing, the only time I would have ever liked that was Heath's specific scenario. But like, sure, they don't have to acknowledge him on TV. But it's more of like, <sighs> there's no like, need to buy up talent just so other people can't, and then you do nothing with them. I, That's I the agree. thing where I draw. I kind of draw the line. Like, I understand not acknowledging them on TV. You don't want other people to go view it, but <laughs> you don't need to buy up all these talents give them this big hopeful dream and then they sit home and do nothing and couldn't go work other places because your contract says your contractor can't do those things. I wholeheartedly agree with that. But we also need to acknowledge the fact that there are a lot of wrestlers and this may come across as derogatory, but there are a lot of wrestlers who are not as big of a draw and as big of a deal as they all think they are. A hundred percent. I'm sorry. Heath Slater is not a big deal. No. And people talk about Heath Slater People talk about EC3 like they were like WWE was losing like the biggest dude, like Rusev even. I'm sorry, Rusev is – I don't believe Rusev is that big of a draw. And you can look at like when he had the title, viewership. So like it, it's proven that him having a title did not change viewership. It didn't change support. So I, I would give you Heath. So, Heath was great, but he's not a great draw. EC3, I think, was misused. He was phenomenal. EC3 on NBC. was 100% misused. But, again, sure, we can look back and say maybe if they used him differently, who knows what he could have been. But, to be fair, I think he's the one scenario where we can because – did he even ever say a word on Raw? Like, he had a fine uh, NXT well, run, well, but then he, on Raw, I don't think he on. literally spoke. What belt did he hold in NXT? None. Yeah, I think they pulled him up too soon. He would have had a belt if he didn't get pulled up. Hard disagree. He held a belt in Raw. Hard disagree. 24-7. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, the one that everyone holds. I think, like, and again, I, I Even think, a NASCAR driver. And a basketball player. And uh, commentators from SportsCenter. Yeah. Um, no, I think there's nothing that, like, I'm a fan of EC3, but just to think, like, WWE let these people go who were going to be, like, the next Stone Cold or the next Rock or we're going to be like the greatest universal champion. Like it's just not always true. It, it, a lot of times it's just, it's not true. No, so, I don't think so they'll be the next, like the Rock or Stone Cold or someone, but you know, they could be like, I can't if they, even think think they're going to be like a great United States champion. Sorry. I, you can, there are plenty of those already in the locker room. Sure. And WWE, yes, they could have solved a lot of their problems there by not just signing everybody just for the sake of signing everybody. Like, sign people you're serious about using, that you want to have a serious storyline with, and that you plan on, like, getting invested into storylines, that you plan on, like, showing in front of the crowd, giving them legitimate TV time. If Like, if you sign those people, sign people with a plan. Yeah. Again, everything circles back to, like, WWE kind of, they need to have a plan. They need to, like, not just think one week ahead. I, I think, I guess it's just more like... Like Good Brothers, they did an interview recently about like why didn't they go to AEW? Like there was talks that they were supposed to go, and you know at first people held resentment because they said they were coming, and then like kind of gave people their word and stayed with WWE because they were promised a very big, bright, bountiful future, and it never happened. So Good Brothers kind of have a bad taste with WWE in their mouth right now. But like that's what I mean. Like they promised these people things. Maybe not necessarily Good Brothers, but sure. I think a lot of talent that, like, Good Brothers, they probably have, what, five, ten years max left unless they turn into the guys who never stop wrestling. But there are also certain talents they're picking up at the age of, you know, 20 to 24 that have a long career ahead of them. And I feel like almost like stunting them by picking them up and then kind of doing nothing with them, thinking, like, 
oh, they were going to be great, and then they release them in a year or two. Like, look at Mike Kanellis. I, I get like, what you're saying, but it, it to uh, I put it's a the, weird I, one. No, I put Good Brothers in that group too. Of like, they're not as big of a deal as they think they are, and the hardcore wrestling fans think they are. They were. I'm sorry, you could be promised the world, but when you go out there and they went out there on Raw for how long were they? Were three years? More than that? Uh, at least they three were there. Years. They got. They went out. I want to say they came in 2016. They came out every single time to zero pop. And that's, you could promise somebody the world, but when there's like no return, I'm sorry, they're not appealing wrestlers to like, the style is appealing to like the hardcore wrestlers or the people who watch them in New Japan. But even when they like, the club essentially reunited. Like, I think we, like I popped, I was like when, when the OC became a thing, I'm like, that's awesome. But the, you get like, you need to like go based off like what the crowds are. When the crowds don't react and the crowds aren't into you and you're considered like the bathroom break match on Raw, Sorry, I don't care what you're promised. Yeah, I'll, why I'll on that. earth would a company keep you? Yeah. So I, I get, I 100% get what you're saying, and I, I'm very opinionated on this podcast. I wasn't participating. I was, I was no, yeah, it just kind of happened. We always rant. Just, it, it happens. It's just not every wrestler in the world is a is the biggest draw, and until like we as viewers can acknowledge who is and who isn't, and as wrestlers themselves can maybe acknowledge that, like it's an incredibly rude thing to say because every wrestler, of course, wants to be a champion and wants to of be course. on TV, but that's not reality. Everyone wants to be the next first bout Hall of Fame. Right. That's not reality. And yep. it's a competitive field with limited jobs, especially in the times we're in now. Oh, for sure. But, and it's always going to be that way. You know, so, and we'll, we'll draw right back around to, you want to <laughs> know who has potential? Yes. Tell me. As being a good star down yes. the line. Angel Garza. Garza. <laughs> yup. I was going to say, cause honestly, I remember when him and Alberto, Alberto, uh, Umberto came on. I was like, kind of, if I liked Angel NXT and you were super huge on those two. And I was just like, dude, Umberto's just not doing it for me. Like he's good in the ring, but his promos are nothing. And then Angel, yeah. the more he did on Raw, I'm like, okay, okay. He captures your and, heart. Yeah. With his, he's, he's so suave, suave. And articulate and handsome. Wait. <laughs> and like, honestly, I've loved him with Andrade and I wanted them to be champions for months now. And I really think tonight was the night, you know, they lost Selena, like she walked away, they came out and they're matching attire for the first time in their match history together. Unfortunately, which we saw the huge confusion. If you did not watch the pay-per-view tonight, you're going to see this a hundred million times probably over the next week. Uh, Montez Ford tagged in Dawkins and Dawkins hit him with a power bomb, goes to pin him. He kicks out at two. You see it. And even Dawkins goes, no, how did he kick out? And then all of a sudden the bell rings. <laughs> the music plays. And the music plays. And Dawkins still selling the, oh, he kicked out. And then he's finally like, wait. And so what I'm assuming that happened, because also afterwards you see the ref like checking his earpiece. And at the end of the match, you see two medic staffs checking Garza. Supposedly Garza did legitimately got hurt in that match. So I think they called it. Someone was in the ref's mic saying, hey, just count the three here. 100%, we need yeah. to get guards out. Because they probably didn't want to push, like, if Andrade all of a sudden had a 2v1 for the next five minutes, now you're risking a second person getting hurt. So Yeah, I think so. a lot of people were premature uh, to call this a sloppy finish. Yeah, it's not the Mickey James-Oscar match we had two weeks right, ago. Where the ref got... So sold on yes. Mickey's performance, he called the match. Yes, what what happened here was all you had to do was literally wait 28 seconds, and you would have seen if you missed it because we saw an X. The ref threw up an X. It was in very a weird, quick. confusing I, I, spot. Um, to touch on what you said, like 
Yeah, I think Angel and uh, Andrade were supposed to win. I think the commentators were. were making constant remarks about how, oh, look at them. They're right. They're on the same page. They seem to be reading each other very well. Oh, they're and it's finally like, working together as a team. Exactly. So it was kind of like hinting towards, oh, they're on the same page. When they're on the same page, they're champions. Again, unfortunately, it didn't come out that way. We hope Angel's okay. Um, but luckily, with the awkward finish we had, since obviously the two talents didn't know what was going on and one kicked out, and the other one sold the kick out. Uh, we can easily come back to a rematch. Like if Angel gets cleared uh, and he's not perfectly uh, injured, well, it just means that we get another good match. We were they supposed, give him the titles. We were supposed. You're right, and I, I'm just I, like obviously we don't need right. Angel's. You're right because down the road when Angel comes back, it's going to be X amount of time. So it, won't it might not even be like it all could be like it felt like it was injury. They could go scan it, come to find out he's fine, and maybe the maybe not tomorrow night, but the following week. Or even two weeks. I don't think yeah. this is a three or four months down the road thing. It, hopefully, it's not. Because well, I mean, if it's like his knee and his ACL or something, the, like yeah. That, if he's he if he takes another injury like the Viking Raiders just had, then yeah, Andrade is about to get a singles push in a month. But you know, I hope Angel's good because I've re- he's grown on me since he came up on Raw. I love him. I really wanted to see. I love Street Profits. I really do. But I want those two to have the tag titles. Absolutely. It would have been, I think, phenomenal. So I, I hope Angel's. Good. I hope they come back and they use the unbotched ending, which was they just tried to save their talent as an excuse for another title run or a title shot, I should say. I think and doing I, that it's angle a is fine. perfect opening. Um, after that, we got the awkwardness that we found out Nikki Cross wasn't making, so Bailey came out for an open challenge. You know, there were so many people we expected. Well, her uh, open Naomi lasted for five seconds, and then she claimed no one came out. Yeah, oh, no one came out. Raise my hand. <laughs> yeah, the, my favorite part was she says, "Ref, come in here and raise my hand." The ref finally gets in there. She runs away from the ref and gets on the top rope and holds her belt. And I'm like, "You just told the ref to raise your hand, and you ran away." So you, I'm thinking to myself, "All right, who's going to come out? Naomi, Lacey Evans, Alexa Bliss, like so many people." And man, was it a surprise, Oscar. <laughs> I did not see that one. Dude, that was trash. Like you, I'll call it. I'll flat out say it. That was why. Like because you just found out earlier today you had to replace the match, you couldn't call someone in. You couldn't have someone on standby. Like just why did it, we get Oscar like so I, it's, I it's, wanted to go walk away. It's just another match that we've seen a thousand times over and over again and the um the actual like highlight of the match was Sasha comes out. Yep, Sasha comes out at the end and just Nothing like this is like a storyline I've been super big in, but this specific spot was nothing spectacular. No. It was just to let Bailey know Sasha's there. Let the like this storyline still happening. They both still hate each other. They're feuding. It was just you know Bailey was going to assault Oscar. Sasha Banks came out and instead you know. And I just don't think we needed that. Like I think the buildup to the Sasha Bailey was perfect, and you wait for like a better time that like the real like climax like i just felt like that one was like a, they didn't know what to do anymore because maybe nikki was which supposed to win be, the title which could oh, be, so i, oh God, I don't that know be, that they, would be so loose it, it would have been weird but like i don't know it was just i didn't like sasha coming out i expected someone to come out to save oscar didn't expect sasha and even when she came out i'm like oh cool sasha and then i was like yeah it's sasha like i i i was gonna wait like i expected to be two months before I saw Sasha come back and like blindside Bailey and go for the title. Not two weeks. Like I was prepared for them to like let Bailey like hold over the whole like I beat my best friend for the next two months. 
and then finally Sasha comes back after being cleared. So I'm, I think that was Rush. Like, I don't know. It was okay. Like, uh, so at the next pay per view, we're gonna get those two, theoretically. Like, I don't know. We went from having such a good like, wow, to a oh, okay. So I, hopefully, well, I, they I think cut I said promise. on a few podcasts that it can't be rushed. Yeah. Just for the sake of doing it, and I feel like we're slowly kind of drifting towards which is awkward. We're doing they, they're doing it in a wrong way. To they did Sasha and Bailey so good. They long drawed it out. They didn't well, even do all the ways we thought. Bailey turned on Sasha. Well, like, we thought I thought that that when Bailey turned on Sasha and assaulted her, that was a way, you know, granted this is a long time, but that was a way to get Sasha off TV until January and she wins the rumble. Yeah. That'd and, they, and they brought her back the next week. To talk about her injuries. And then she gets like beat up again. And I'm like, wow, they're so, really like, she gets beat up horrendously two so weeks like in a we, row. We know that they're feuding. Like, we didn't need to have Sasha come back just to get beat up again. And we didn't need Sasha to come out here and attack Bailey. Like, we know they're feuding. We know they're going to wrestle at WrestleMania 37. We know that Bailey's dropping the belt at the next WrestleMania to Sasha. Like, this is known. And I feel like what I was afraid of, they're doing these spots and these these like assaults on one another that were just not necessary so like i agree with all that other than that i think that her coming back the week after to talk about what happened and getting jumped again really sold the sasha's going away for a while i thought that was a perfect ending sure, that's and fair. then they ruined it. that's fair yes. i really thought oh she came back she could be back in like two or three weeks she'll be good for the october pay-per-view and then she gets jumped again i'm like oh no, she's gone for a while. Like, yeah, you set it up that she comes back for this big Royal Rumble push. And, you know, maybe this just ends with, like, she's not medically cleared on Friday and Bailey beats the crap out of her again. And then she does go away for a couple months. I think maybe they didn't want Sasha off that long. So I could imagine maybe they have a match at the next pay-per-view. Sasha gets beat handedly. And then Bailey does another, like, brutal attack. And that way... It's only like three months like to maybe. keep Sasha off, and maybe they just didn't want her off TV for that long. But again, this is like, I'm kind of like I, grasping at straws. I think they're just so hyped. They're still like, we still need to use Sasha, Oscar, and Bailey, even though we have all these other women talent that could step in and do stuff. And we're doing yes. this really cool thing with Alexa Bliss, and we have these vignettes of another woman coming, but we still have to use these same three people. Like that's what I was talking about having overstaffed. Yep. But then you're like, we're gonna use the same four. And this is even like the women's division. I never think is overstaffed, but they're always misused. And I think tonight was one of those nights. Like, sure, we couldn't get the tag match, but two women's matches for a total of ten and a half minutes on a two and a half granted, hour. Granted, a, a whole women's match got scrapped. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, well, taking that out, so between two matches, we barely hit double digits. Yeah, and that I feel bad for the women for that one. Like. They don't deserve that. This is going back to when it started the women's evolution because Nikki Bella's matches were lasting two minutes. Like, that's what started it was she came out, I think, I don't remember who was against. She literally had, I think, a two-minute match against someone. The fans booed because they were like, what do you mean it's over? And then immediately went to Twitter and said, give women a chance. And the women's evolution started. And I feel like we're starting to almost retract back, maybe because they just didn't know what to do with all the things changing, but... I mean, we're not far removed from a um, WrestleMania main event with women. Yeah. And, you know, we have, we still have Evolution. The pay-per-view could be a thing. 
We yeah, there's rumors there will we be another were, one. In your house a couple months ago was headlined by Yoshirai. Oh, yeah, that's NXT. <laughs> NXT is also what started the women's evolution because sure, they were like, look sure, what these women are doing. I maybe like. I don't think the women on NXT will ever kind of get the treatment they get on. Right. Wrong. I, I, I think also like if you were to just ask the average viewer, like people maybe just enjoy like men's wrestling more than women's wrestling, but to justify like that much. Like I, I believe that like the people who should get rewarded are the people who work the hardest and do the best job. And I don't think like any of the women are doing a, a bad job to where you warrant 10 no. minutes of time. I think that a lot of them warrant more time than that. I, I guess like, I can't like, we could like, do, we could, I'm sorry. We could do less time. Like we could have, I know it's Clash of Champions, so we'll see like where the next pay-per-view goes, but like if they have another like Lashley Apollo Cruz match, I'll be like, we probably don't need this match. No. We probably don't need like a Cesaro Shinsuke defender, but we could like you could have Liv Morgan and Ruby Riot do something. You could have Naomi wrestle anybody because I watching She's Naomi great. wrestle anybody is always entertaining. Which I guess I can't complain too much because like I'm looking at it and like sure, Asuka and Selena went seven minutes. And most of the other matches went eight to ten, so they didn't get too shy. And I guess the Oscar Bailey thing with the the Sasha coming out, they did effectively last just as long. I, don't, I guess I just feel fair. like there were like five men's matches to the like two women's matches or something. Yeah, like that. so I guess fair, like fair. so I guess like time wise, they all kind of equate <laughs> out. I guess I just feel like I, the women's matches just I guess always feel rushed. But I guess when you look at the times, they're not. So you know, maybe I am like grasping at straws trying to claim things, but yeah, I guess it just feels rushed. But you want to know what didn't feel rushed? What's that? Randy and Drew. That felt slow, methodical, but brutal. I didn't get the climax I wanted. Yeah. They so built up, I think, for something phenomenal. Yeah, so the these I'm gonna be honest, like these Drew and Randy matches aren't quite hitting with home with me like yeah. I want them to. I, I think they, SummerSlam and this one both came a little so under what I expected. I think though, like because of their characters and especially how Randy is. The way they wrestle fits their fits their character and it fits the story that they want to tell. Um, I feel like this match, especially, like it was a good match and it, it like it was brutal, it was grindy, it was physical. Um, I guess like these matches, Randy's and Drew's matches, while they're physical and while they're grindy, visually and aesthetically, I don't think they're quite hitting home like where I want them to like the, we we've, we got the match at SummerSlam, which was good. But again, it was very similar to this match, this match, you know, we'll talk about what they did. This I'll let you talk about what they did in this match, because that's what I thought made the storytelling extra, extra good but The match itself. Like while it delivered and while it was brutal, we, if they do a third match between them, like we, we've seen these first two matches sort of fitting their style and their character and how you'd expect these two, like huge stars to go at each other. But I think we might need to change how that's viewed and how they do it next time. We don't need to see the Clash of Champions match, the SummerSlam match again, if they go again. And I'm afraid they might do that. And it's just too many slow matches between guys who can, I think, perform and give a little bit more. So I don't think we're going to get a third match. So the big thing that happened was... Randy is about to punt Drew early in the match, too. So I expected Drew to kind of get up and, like, claim more Randy. Uh, all of a sudden, Randy gets grabbed by the ankle, and the camera angle was good. You couldn't see who it was. You just see a dude in a mask, and I'm like, 
Okay. You know Tyson Fury. Dude, I thought it was. <laughs> Dude, I'm pretty sure Tyson Fury and Drew McIntyre were going back and forth on Twitter. They are. And I saw a bald head. So I went, oh my God, it's Tyson Fury. This is going to be the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. Because Tyson Fury is going to help Drew win just so those two can have a match. Like, I will skip that pay-per-view, thank you. But instead, the mask, dude, I, I really thought it was Tyson Fury. I'm telling you, dude. The height, it all matched. Instead, the mask comes down, and it was Big Show. I thought that was good. I was like, okay. Big Show came in, pulled him out, chokeslammed him into the announcer's table. I was like, all right, the only way this works is if every legend that he took out over the last couple right. months comes back and you, does something. You called it immediately. Because while everyone's like, that's a random Big Show return, you were very keen on being like, and and this is what the storyline became. It was Randy's past came back to haunt him. Yeah. In this match. And the storyline, the storytelling in this match like, was really It was really great. Cool. Um, but I felt like it didn't climax for me. So somehow they go back towards catering and they're feuding. They were hungry. Yeah. Like, I don't blame them. Like, hey, they, they had a lengthy match. I would have got hungry, too. I was famished. Um, and then all of a sudden, like, he throws Drew, like, into a wall. Drew's on the ground and Randy's about to continue. Gets jumped by Christian. And I was like, oh, it's happening. At this point, it's I think a happening. lot of people realized, wait a minute. These are all the dudes that – the legends that Randy punted. Yeah. So everybody got to get – yeah. Like, it's not was, just we, Drew. We all got excited. We're like, okay, I think we see what we're doing here. And then I was like, it's going to build. Like, Shawn Michaels is going to come out of nowhere, give him the sweet shit music. Maybe Ric Flair will kick him in the dick. Who knows? Like, I wouldn't be shocked if Rick didn't show up because there's not really many places you could have put Rick. But what I really said was I told Paul one of two things is happening, 100%. Either – Randy's going to be about to win. Edge comes out of nowhere, spears Randy, costing him the match, giving us match three. Or Drew, like, you could even do it that way. And then instead of, like, making Drew win, he then spears Drew, helps Randy win, goes, grabs the title, stands over Randy with the title, and then throws it on him. That way their third match is for the title. And I was getting hyped for myself. I'm like, dude, one of these two things has to happen. Like, why else would you bring back? the legends that Randy has been punting. Like, yeah. So, I mean, we did get Shawn Michaels. We on, did. On top of the ambulance. Oh, right before that though, we got the lion King. <laughs> Drew was hanging off. Oh the God. Ambulance. Yeah. That was such a bad, like, bad dude, spot. Drew is what? Six foot something. It's the ambulance six, is five, 10, six, 10. The roof is probably 10 feet off the ground. So Drew is hanging from his fingertips from the top of an ambulance. So his feet are probably a foot and a half from the ground. He could just drop and be fine. Instead, they zoom in so they could set up the ladder for Shawn Michaels to get up. Randy standing over him, I was like, time to die, Mufasa. But Drew, like, when, when Randy, like, kicks his hands off, Drew falls. He tried to he, sell it. He was eight inches above the ground. <laughs> do, do, do they think that we don't realize how tall an ambulance well, is? Well, no, they zoomed in, so you couldn't see the ground. It had to be high. Right, so we used logic. <laughs> <laughs> to realize that Drew probably only had a foot to go. Dude, I felt so bad. I was like, dude, that was the worst thing ever. Which, it's set up for something good, but if they wanted to do it better, they should have had, like, zoom in, have Drew, like, pull in a mat so they could throw Drew off. It stays zoomed in on Randy and actually kind of sell it better as opposed to, it looks like Randy was, like, Spartan 3000, like, kicking him off the, like, ledge. No, he fell a foot. Like, I was, I was, like, that can't be like that was horrible. Instead, they start to zoom out. Shawn Michaels hits him with the sweet chin music, throws him off the ambulance into a table that I didn't know was there. Like I, that was kind of surprising to me. And I was like, oh, it's building up. Oh, there's Shawn Michaels. Edge is coming. Edge is coming. And then Drew Claymore's Randy. And I'm like, all right, here it comes. 
throws Randy in the ambulance, about to win, and he goes, no, I'm not done. He pulls Randy out and sets him for a punt to the skull, and I'm like, right here, Drew's going to go running for the punt, get speared by Edge, and it is going to be like a bigger surprise. I would have loved it more than when Roman just did it at SummerSlam. I was getting so hyped and ready for it. Instead, he kicks Drew Randy in the head, throws him in the ambulance, retains his title, never see Edge. Yeah, I, so it, it goes to show – it just tells us that, like, Edge isn't healed, and he has yeah. a serious injury. Um, and I feel like they had the plan, and maybe this morning he didn't get cleared, but they were like, well, we can't change the plan. We got to stick with what we drew very up. Very well could be. Oh, and then, like, Ric Flair was – Oh, dude, throwing, that was hilarious. Yeah, all of a sudden so, – well, that's what – oh, I thought there was another possibility. So even if Edge wasn't cleared – I, they kicked off the was something we missed was Drew kicked off the door with a claymore earlier in the match. So I was like, all right, so maybe Edge doesn't come here. Instead, Edge is going to be in the ambulance and he drives off with Randy. Like that's a ooh, like we're going to be draw, jaw dropped, waiting. Like oh my god, what happens next? And I really thought that's what it was. I was like, okay, Edge doesn't get involved because maybe he's still hurt, but he can take the ambulance away. And now Randy's like at his fingertips. Instead, we get Ric Flair. He said something and then drove off. And someone tw- like posted on Twitter, and I laughed. He was like, not to be a cop caller, but Ric Flair, nor anyone else, should not be driving a vehicle with a busted windshield like that. And I yeah. went, you know, that's fair. He only drove it 20 feet, but uh, that vehicle was not safe to drive. Yeah, um, and I'll say this on Edge. I-, I think I don't know the timetable of what his injury is. I mean, nobody really knows what the timetable is. No. Um, I- I'd imagine – like we're not going to get Edge again at Royal Rumble. Like that would be three straight return, like three returns at Royal Rumble. Like I'd imagine. Um, I think he'd be there at Survivor Series. I think like that was that's a pay per view. Those two definitely had some big moments on. So I wouldn't be shocked if maybe. Uh, I think it all comes down to what they decide to do for Survivor Series. You know, prior to last year where we had NXT versus Raw versus SmackDown, you know, we had, uh, what was it, Hogan and Ric Flair each pick a team. So, you know, maybe they do a thing like that again. But, you know, say it's Ric Flair and Hogan, just for my example purposes. Ric Flair has picked all five of his people. And, of course, Randy's one of them, like, even though he just betrayed him. And Hogan still hasn't named his fourth. That's where, boom, Ed shows up, like, that's the only thing I could see is if he needs to fill a slot and he's on the opposite team from Randy. But I think it comes down to how they do Survivor Series this year. Like, are we going to get a tri-brand fight? Are we going to get Raw versus SmackDown again? Like, Survivor Series has changed so much over the past, you know, five, six years that I don't know what to expect, which is awkward because that was one of the ones that it always stayed the same. It was the yeah. same formula every year. And then it changed all of a sudden. Yeah, like – uh Survivor Series is like the the I think like at least my least favorite big four uh pay-per-view which is awkward it used to be phenomenal. Yeah, I, I just I just, uh, just I like I I look forward to it but it used to I'm be not, number 3 for me. Yeah. It went WrestleMania we're over WrestleMania always depend on the air and then Survivor Series. I I think SummerSlam gets slept on by a lot of people. A lot of big moments at SummerSlams. I think that always depended. Like, sure, we had the HBK oversell, which is still the greatest thing in wrestling history. But we've also had some mediocre SummerSlams. But, you know, yeah, Survivor Series is just, other than last year, I think they did that one great because NXT was involved and they did it perfectly. The only thing they did bad was they they shit on Walter completely, which... Dude, that was... I felt In this house, we do not shit on Walter. In any house, no one should be shitting on Walter. So I'm hoping they stick with the three-brand feud, and I think it would be great. 
So we'll see what happens. Like, yeah, might get those two, they might throw in a couple extra matches, like Randy versus Edge. Like, well, not to like I said, we kind of got off on a little tangent there. The thing we is, do. I we say I've said it a few podcasts. I'm going to say this podcast again. I think a lot of what is supposed to be going on Raw, major storyline wise, was kind of dependent on Edge. Probably. And again, I, I don't think Edge was going to be like full time, but I I think like Edge was they had Edge in like legitimate plans. For like the next year, probably. So I think that you know, again, like uh, it all comes back to I want to see what Raw can be like when Edge is legitimately like here and healthy, and we you know wish him the best because I think that we can have a lot of good stuff go once Edge is back. Like I, I legit like Edge is going to be the one to take Drew's title. I, I could down. see that. Hands down. You know, and before we move on to the last match, I do have to say Edge recently or at some semi recently kind of did an interview and said he hated the spinner belt. That that hurt my heart. Edge. Oh god, I I that, love Edge so much. I love him so much. <laughs> hey, I'll have to send you the article and I will post it on our Facebook. He when they said, Hey, you're gonna win the title, we want your like input on the belt, he went home and drew the belt he wanted. And he actually posted the picture. And they're like, oh, so you wanted to spin. He's like, no. <laughs> no dude, the spinner was gone. He actually thought the spinner was one of the dumbest ideas they had. A lot of people do because they have correct opinions. And no, sometimes people – it was perfect for when it was. That you, there will never be a good opportunity to do it again. It was perfect for John Cena and the character. Uh, but Edge actually drew up a cool belt, and I kind of felt bad he didn't get that. And it made me feel even worse because I literally just bought the Edge spinner belt like two months ago. And when he was like – I and hated that belt i was like oh that hurts my heart i still love it i will never hate edge he's one of the best faces heels he's one of the best to ever be in wwe but when he saw that i went man that 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 stinks <laughs> but you want to who's gonna be maybe not a captain but he's gonna be a force for survivor series to lead the charge <laughs> the big dog the tribal chief the tribal chief the head of the table the breadwinner oh. roman reigns Man, so throughout the night, like with the Intercontinental match, even like with Randy and Drew, we got some good spots and like great matches. This one, I wouldn't call a great match. I would call a great story. That was. Yes. And like you even said, we were getting ready to do this podcast and you were like, dude, people are on Twitter saying how they're depressed. That that means they did it right. People weren't mad or being like, oh, this was dumb. Yeah, Bri- no, Brian they were Alvarez feeling- said he was depressed. What are you talking about? I was, I, dude, I felt bad. I was like, man. So here's the, like, this whole story has been amazing. It's been, it's been, like, it is one of I my wanted. favorite storylines in all of WWE history. I love this. Great. And Heel Roman is incredible. And he became even more of, like, the heel we wanted him to become. Tonight, he evolved to another level. And when I watch wrestling, you know, I can take, I can watch it from like a a kayfabe sort of standpoint. I can watch it. I know it's scripted and fake, but I can appreciate the story they're telling. Like this match Roman had with Jay was like one of the first times I truly watched, and it was like emotionally like hitting me. Like it doesn't really hit me on a real emotional level. But this is a word I don't think I've ever used for wrestling outside of like the actual like physical spots of the match. But this was it was intense. It was emotionally and like it just emotionally intense, and it got me like it just it, it, it hit me in a different way that a wrestling match shouldn't hit me. Yeah, and that's what made it so so good. It and was um, great. 
like the match itself, there's really nothing in the match to talk about. Like Roman did a no sell, which I thought was incredible. Yeah, move wise, there's not like there was, compared to the triple threat match, there's nothing we could say. But like, this wasn't meant to be it a spot fest. There wasn't. This was meant to. This be was a story. Roman talked the whole time. They both talked. Like it was great. Like that's very few times will I say it was actually great. The crowd wasn't there because you could hear the wrestlers and they could actually properly tell a story. Like one of the big things was uh, Roman kept saying, this isn't over until I say it's over. And it's not over until you call me your tribal chief. Like if the crowd was there, we wouldn't have been able to got that. Even before that though, he was like, I told you just lay down and take your paycheck. Yeah. He said, you were supposed to take your paycheck, lay down. Earlier in the match, he says, he's like, I love the kid. I love him doing that. Like, Doing that, like, always, like, mafioso sort of, like, I love him. This is my, yeah. I loved him forever. But I've whooped his, you know, I've always been whooping his ass. And yeah. it, it turned into. Sometimes he was like, on Friday, I told you, <laughs> you were supposed to come here, get your paycheck, get your ass whooping. This is that ass whooping. I'm like, dude, I told you before Roman came back, I think something that would be great for Roman is if he came back, maybe not necessarily as a heel, but this badass Samoan that was just like, I'm here to fight everyone, kind of like Samoa Joe style. And, dude, he's really coming to his own. Heal Roman, it was it was obviously his idea, which means he was into it. And I think he's finally, out of all the years we've seen him, he's finally like into his character. He's coming to his own, and he's not really being carried by anyone. If anything, he's being supported. Like, and yes. they're both creating this great story. I it's not is, one person's carrying the other. Yeah, this is Roman, I think, being very natural. And yeah. that's why he's so good at it, because it's him kind of just not saying Roman's a complete dick because he's not at no, all. But no. this is him. Like this is naturally as a wrestler who he wants to be and who he shines brightest as. Like being able to like relentlessly just continue to beat Jay's head in and spear him and shove his face in the camera and like demand that he's acknowledged as the tribal chief. Basically, like admitting that, like just admitting defeat and cowering and succumbing to like your tribal overlord, like yeah. Roman truly became like he's willing to do anything even just literally beat his own destroy his own blood and his own kin to stay at the head of the table and like which it was great this match it went from being a one-on-one championship match to it kind of turned into almost an I quit match. Like the match wasn't going to end because Roman was not going to pin him. There was one time the first time he speared Jay he went to go like kind of like lay on him or the ref at least thought that. So the ref went down for the cow and Roman looks at the ref. He's like, what are you done? I'm not done. He's like, I'll smack you in the next week. (laughs) There was one time like, yeah, he got, he got him in the rope and he's calling it like the five count. Roman even gets in the ref's face and he's like pretty much saying like, you're not, this is my match. You do what I say. And like bullied and threatened the ref. Like, I, I thought, like, prior to that, I was like, oh, it's going to be called kind of like uh, what they did with Alexa and Lacey on Friday, which is he's just going to keep beating them in the corner in the ropes that the ref calls it. And it ended up, they made it so much better than that. Like, the ref kept wanting to call it, but it was like he knew if he did, Roman was going to beat he the was, crap out of him. He was like, intimidated out of doing his job and, because Roman was doing what Roman was. And then I said, oh, dude, I could 100% see Jay or Rikishi coming, or Jimmy or Rikishi coming out and throwing in the towel because I think if they had Jay admit to the tribal chief, 
Like, I don't know if I would have loved it or if I loved the way it ended. Well, Jay didn't. Jay straight no, up was Jay like, would not, doing it. Dude, he literally said, this is my camera. Look at my camera. And has a camera and zoom in. And you can see Jay start to smile. I'm like, nah, Jay's not going to say it. And he starts saying, tell him I'm the tribal chief. He's like, not today, Oos. And I was like, <laughs> it was so good. I think it was everything I wanted out of Jay. It was everything I wanted out of him. They, there was a couple of times Jay got to put some offense in. But sure. it, it was like – we got a good back and forth, but I would say it was like 80-20 Roman, which I actually expected like 99-1. I expected it to be all Roman, no J. But we got some J. It was good. Jimmy comes out, tries to throw the towel in, and Jay's still going. He's like, nah, ooze, don't tell him. He don't deserve it. Forget this fool. And I'm like, dude, Jay is great. And Roman he, demanded that Jimmy call him the tribal chief. Yeah, he was like, you want me to stop? You get in here and say it. And like – I think this is building to a great like. Well, it, it ended with with Jimmy did throw in the towel, yep. and he he, I was, he, that. he got right in and like cradled his brother. He head. almost kind of did like a UFC thing where the ref has to get in between the people because like mm. so like Roman's just beating the crap out of Jay, and Jimmy gets in between. I'm like, dude, no, stop, stop! And I was like, that was good. Like, well, it was it was it was emotional because Jimmy like cradled his brother. And immediately was just like, "That's not you're, cool." No, this is family. No, like, he immediately, yeah, but he was like, "You're the tribal chief, Roman. Is that what you wanted to hear? Just leave him alone." Yeah, and you could hear it was emotional. It was great. And Roman just stood over him and just towered over them both. Yeah, he finally got his title and just stood there. And something that we missed. So Jay came out in the beginning of the match with a lay over his neck, and the match ends with Paul Heyman grabbing said lay putting it around Roman's neck, and he just stood above them with the title. Another small that thing was we, so cool. Another small thing we could talk about, too, is with this new Roman character, Paul Heyman can, like, take, like, almost like, he takes sort of like a, he gets put on the back burner, and he doesn't have to be a big, integral part of the character like he had to be with Brock Lesnar. Yeah. He was the character, basically, and Roman, uh, Brock was just the muscle. Who, but, you know, you almost forget Paul Heyman's there sometimes. Yeah. Which... You know, that's, like they that's did use him in one time. Like it was almost like Paul felt bad for Jay at one point and was like, you're my tribal chief. You're my tribe. And he was just like, no, I don't need to hear you say it. He needs to say it. So like, I think they're using Paul well. And like I just said, like a few moments ago, it was like Roman's at the point where he's no longer being carried in promos and stuff. He is like a main factor. And if anything, people are just supporting him. And I think that's what Paul is. He's no, he like, I kind of expected Roman to kind of cut back on promos and Paul do all the talking, but I think they've been doing a really good mix. They've been doing it well. And like, honestly, I think this is better than anything Roman or Brock or Paul did together. Like, I love this infinitely better than Brock party. Like that's <laughs> trash. I know you love it. I, I love, hate it. Love the blood. Love the Brock. I, I'm still, I think we're going to go through a huge family cycle. Mm-hmm. Like maybe Rikishi comes back and like tries to do the, like I'm your elder. You listen to me thing. And Roman just kind of demolishes him. I still think this is going to build up to him and Rock. I, I agree 100%. I, I'm really hoping Roman reached out, not Vince or someone else. Like, Roman's like, hey, will you do this for family? And, you know, something I said to you earlier today when we got lunch was, if they build to that and they get Roman versus Rock, and you can't have the Rock win because it's obviously going to be for the title. Like, Rock can't win that match. He has to stay in Hollywood. So what does Roman do next? And I thought about it during tonight. There's one Samoan that could come back just as fierce. Samoa Joe. Yes, Samoa Joe. ah. I'm just going to speak the truth. Going from from this incredible storyline to like climax with The Rock just to go to Samoa Joe after The Rock, it's like, 
Well, I think like if he beats the I Rock, like, he could then be like, like the, I'm the baddest Samoan, no, the baddest no, no, no. wrestler to ever the, come the, through the here. Roman Rock at WrestleMania is the absolute culmination of that story, and it ends there. And Roman moves on to other things after that. That's I just you, want Samoa Joe back. I know you do. I, know. I just we all do. If there was ever a time. <laughs> It would be great because, like I said, he could be like, I'm the baddest mofo to ever come through here. I'm the baddest Samoan, the baddest wrestler, the baddest man. And, like, he just kind of continues on. And then Samojo just gets annoyed. Like, bro, no, I was the baddest Samoan. And then we fight. And, sure, like, Roman could win. I think those two could put on a great match. They did a couple years ago. But, uh, yeah, I don't think Samojo's ever coming back. Yeah. I think he's staying on commentary. I love him on commentary. But I got to say, for the first time, I think, outside of S.H.I.E.L.D., I love Roman Reigns. I think a lot of people. There have been that. times where I'm like, oh, Roman's cool. And then I just got over him. It was the same thing. Now it's not like he's just a force to be reckoned with. And I think his next challenge, it's been very obvious. Him and Bray are going to be going at it again. Like, what does he do next if he doesn't go with Bray? Like, obviously, they showed with Alexa. Bray has not forgotten. He has not forgotten when Alexa stared down Roman. So I, I think that's his next match. And I, th- uh, I think it's great that. Roman is doing so well that you can have him handedly beat the fiend, and I think people wouldn't care. I think people would be like, oh, "Okay, Dude, I'd, have, I'd, I'd like the, that's the weird part." Like, I agree, and like, I don't want to see I, that I happen. I don't want Roman to lose to the fiend at this point. Yeah, but I also don't want the fiend to like. At least it wouldn't be like Goldberg fiend, where it was a mediocre match. Like, I think it would be like a good lengthy match, like maybe twenty twenty five minutes, and it ends with like Roman winning properly, not. Oh, I speared him once and it was over. I, I think those two with this current Roman would build to great. The Roman that was like going into Goldberg at WrestleMania, nah, that was trash. This Roman has potential for being the best thing WWE has seen in years. Like, I, I am beyond excited to actually see what Roman Reigns is going to do. I never thought I'd say that sentence. I, I said, oh, I can't wait to see what the Shield does. Can't wait to see what Dean Ambrose does. There was even a time where I said, I can't wait to see what Seth does. I've never said, I can't wait to see what Roman Reigns does. And by God, (laughs) here we are. I never thought the hell has frozen. Vince won me over with Roman. We're there. I am excited to see him on Friday night show up, wreck everyone and leave and win. I am here. I am in on it. He's with my favorite manager of all time. And I just, I can't wait. I want. I don't. I don't want the rest of the week. I want Friday. Like I agree. I'm excited. Uh, let us know what you guys thought about this because yeah, there, we did to say like kind of you like it started off great. The middle was okay and it ended very solidly. So you know if you guys disagree with us, you know come in the comments. You know maybe someone can guest speak sometime and tell us we're wrong. I I will never admit I'm wrong. I'm right <laughs> all the true. time. You so, will never. <laughs> So, yeah, please let us know what you think. If you agree with us, if you disagree with us, if you think some of the stuff in the triple threat match wasn't meant to happen, yeah, give us your opinion. Or if you just want to tell us, hey, I love you guys, hey, we'll take that too. <laughs> we, just, we appreciate it. Just let lot. us know you're there. We want to know you're all right. We're like Netflix. Are you still watching? We do this for you. Are you, you. still listening? <laughs> we do this for you, the listener. We just we want to just make you happy with our wrestling conversation. Yeah, we'll actually listen to our fans. We will. All six of them. Yeah, you just have to say things. We'll listen. <laughs> you just have to say it. This isn't like normal WWE where you'll say things and we go, yeah, 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 and then don't listen. No, <laughs> we're going to listen. That's all I got. That's all I got. This was a solid pay-per-view for WWE. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Enjoyed it very much. Any last thoughts, Ralph? 
uh, Roman Reigns is going to be the next best thing. It's going to be great. I think he's going to beat The Rock. That's my final thought. I'm, I'm on Roman right now. I can't think of anything else. All right. Well, I'm Paul. That's Ralph. We are the Face the Heel podcast. We'll see you soon.